Hello, everybody. This is That One Guy, and you are listening to That One Guy podcast, where I discuss updates in gaming, streaming, film, and television, sometimes with guests and sometimes, yep, sadly, by myself. So everything you hear from me, you can say you heard from That One Guy. So today's guest is Keith from the YouTube channel Almost in Full Color. I am glad that he is here. This is a YouTube channel where they give you in-depth reviews on everything gaming. Welcome, Keith. Hello, hello. How's it going, everybody? Asbury, how are you, sir? I'm doing, honored to be here. No, that's good. I'm glad you're here. I'm doing fantastic myself. I love how you ask the audience a question like they can respond back. But you know what? We're just going to move past that. We're going to let that go. It's okay. He's used to a lot. Hey, of listen, things. this is your, your first podcast. So I'm here to, to be with you while we Thank pop you. your podcast chair. I could yes. Have, I could have gone my entire you're life without ever hearing that phrase. Oh, you're okay. welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I have to have full disclosure, okay? Keith also happens to be my best friend, my brother, for over a decade, what, a decade and a half? Yeah. Golly. And although we get along like family, we also disagree many times like family. Mm. Most of the time, he's usually wrong. Um, but anyways, this, uh, these are some topics that we are going to dive into, that we are going to get into today. Some of our disagreements, and we might find some common grounds, doubtful, but hey. So, Keith, let's dive in. Let's get into the nitty gritty. Let's talk about some near and dear things to me currently. And I think you too as well in entertainment, starting with some trailers. All right. Some fan trailers, you know, you know, fan DC fandom. That was my hint. You didn't get that. All right. So okay. I know. I knew. I knew. I'm going to hit you with the, with the trailer. I'm just going to talk about, it. I'm just going to, I'm not going to talk about, it. I'm just going to give you the title, you know, for the movie trailer. And I just want you to express how you feel about it. Okay. So we're going to jump into WW84. Gal Gadot, Wonder Woman 84. How do you feel about it? I think, well, we've, we've spoke about this. But as Wonder Woman is the best, well, was the best of all the DC movies, I mean, it, it looks like it's once again going to be the better of all the bunch. So, um, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Cheetah looked all right. Cheetah, I hope... I, it looked all right. A uh, little bit of room for improvement on that CGI, but but I'm I'm okay with what I saw. I was thinking the same thing actually. Like the the whole movie, the concept, you know that that dun, 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 like the whole trailer put together beautifully well. Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman is perfect casting in my opinion. Um, and uh, and and is it Chris Pine? Chris Pine? Which Chris is it? Yeah, Chris, Chris Pine. Pine have, having returned the way that they did it, I'm like. This works for me. Like, I like the idea that, you know, it's a wish and coming, coming into it. But I will say the CGI was my biggest gripe in the trailer. And obviously, they have time to continue working on it and to tighten it up a little bit if they need to. Um, but when you see uh, Cheetah, I was like, ooh, this looks a little, just a little weird, just like a smidge. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's because, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean poor CGI. It just means that, you know, there is something about what we visually saw that we instinctually can tell, like, oh, this isn't this isn't human. This isn't normal. You know, phys by the way, it's physics or lighting. We, we, we pick that up instinctually. Um, so that was, that was my only real gripe from that, but the trailer itself like hit all the notes to get me like, okay, I'm on board for number two. Uh, did, how, did you like the first one? I, I don't think we've actually, really I love the first one. I did. Okay. Me too. The first me one's too. amazing. Yes. But I had a similar issue with the CGI in the first one as well. At the end, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, I, the villain, like, I love the twist, spoiler alert, and guys, at this point in time, it's been out long enough where I don't care. Um, but, 
but what I will say is that, you know, the twist at the end was cool that he turned out to be villain, the villain, but the CGI with that last fight for me is epic as supposed to be. It just wasn't, it didn't give me that threatening, like, it wasn't, it, he's a great villain, but it wasn't uh, executed to the, to the level that I expected or would have liked. Yeah, it's one of those things where we have, <laughs> we have the Marvel movies that oh. they, they do exceptionally well, but not, okay, okay, I know. He's I laughing know, also because I'm wearing let's a Marvel get, Let's get off of Marvel. There are many other titles that do CGI really well. There are a lot of fan videos, fan videos yeah. that yeah. do, except that Dragon Ball Z Last Hope Oh my uh, gosh, uh, gorgeous. Absolutely. Really good for, for some fan done stuff. So like, I think we see a lot of CGI through different mediums and some of it being done on low budget. And we think, well, these guys are getting crazy budgets to do this. So when it doesn't look right, it just kind of throws you off. Even Sonic the Hedgehog, which probably didn't have a crazy budget and they had to use part of that budget to go back and make Sonic look different. <laughs> it looked really good. It, it, did. it looked really good. So I think when we see certain things, it just makes you say like, ah, we expect a little bit more out of you all versus, you know, what we see from like The Incredibles. Granted, it's all CGI movie, so it needs to hit every point. But just when you say Incredibles and then you say, you know, Justice League, <laughs> you're expecting the CGI and Justice League to to be up here. Like you're like, oh, Incredibles, yeah. Justice League, no, 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 no. We, we need you on, on 12. We No, like 12 or nothing. Well, you know what? You actually jumped to literally was right underneath Wonder Woman 84. You, you, have, you have poked the bear, my friend. You have poked the bear. So we're, the next one is gonna be the Justice League Snyder Cut trailer, all right? We're gonna talk about it. I already know, very much so how Keith feels about this, but I would like the audience to hear how Keith feels about Justice League Snyder Cut trailer. I'm soft. <laughs> I am soft. Okay. All right. I hated the first Justice League movie for several reasons. And the one reason is a reason I say is a testament to how terrible this movie is. I personally do not like Batman. I really don't care for him all too much. However, I respect Batman's gangster. Darkseid <laughs> respects Batman's gangster. Now you see, there's a thing. I cannot like you, but I can understand that you're a G. Batman is a G, and I felt like that whole Justice League movie, they made Batman, pardon my French, look real, real bitch, okay? Like, it's no other <laughs> way to do it. Batman strikes fear into everyone. I don't understand it, and that's part of the reason why I hate it, but I, I see it. It's like everyone who comes across Batman, it's like, yo, don't mess with the bat. Don't do it. You don't go there. Like, we will go pick with Superman all day because he's going to want to save everybody. So we could, we could fuck with Superman. Batman, nah, we're good. Like, he, he's a little crazy. He's touched. Nah, like, I, I, nah. He'll break your bones and, like, leave you on a curb near death he won't kill you he'll leave you very close to it this is why you don't mess with batman and a big gripe of mine about justice league and everything that was was that i feel like batman wasn't showcasing all this badassery along with the flash's weirdness i the only thing i liked about the justice league movie was the throwback to who was the fastest man comic series where the flash and superman got ready to get down and do the race i loved that Outside of that, I mean, the CGI was poor. A lot of things just didn't hit the way they should have. 
And the Snyder Cut, although it will add some different context and everything, and I'm sure will be the better movie of the two, still in watching that trailer, the song choice with Dark Side to Hallelujah, like, no. You show Dark Side, it needs to be some real intimidating, imposing type stuff on there. Regardless of that, though, if I take out the music itself, nothing in that trailer necessarily made me think, I need to watch this to to fix that taste in my mouth that I got from that Justice League movie. Well, I think it'll be better. Yeah. But I don't think it'll be so uh, that much better. I don't know if there's that much content that they recorded that will fix that. Well, I mean, you know, that uh, I think IGN.com released that it's supposed to be about four hours. So at that point in time, when you're going to what the movie, when it was out, was maybe it was like two hours, maybe, um, you know, two, two, yeah, two hours, some change, I think. Yeah. Two hours, some change, something like that. Um, you know, going to four four hours, that's that's a whole new movie, man. That's like, a, I mean, the entire trailer was filled with nothing but n- new footage that we've never seen before. Um, whether, you know, the black suits, uh, you know, scenes uh, with Cyborg, um, it kind of gave away a, a huge plot, by the way. Or at least I think they did. It was like, why are you guys doing this? But I, I get what they were trying to do. They were trying to, hey, this is a whole new thing. And that's what they're trying to do is reinvent, um, t- to make it clear that this is, this is a new movie. It, it is not the same movie that you saw because that's a hard sell, you know, when you have to, 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 to get rid of the stink that the previous one had. Now, I am both infuriated by Keith's opinion on uh, Justice League, and I'm also flattered because he also gave Batman the compliment he deserves, and I am a huge Batman fan, so that is a common ground that we have. But the difference we have is that I understand that, you know, Justice League went through several uh, shift in ideas. It's very clear in in, in the depiction of characters like Batman, um, even Wonder Woman was not the same Wonder Woman that you got in the Wonder Woman movies. Um, like, like there, there was no consistency in that DC, uh, that quick universe that they had. At least Batman or Superman before that had, you know, choppiness, but you knew the world that you were in. Um, Justice League was like, it felt like three. I know it was like Joss Whedon and Zack Snyder. I think that wasn't there like a third person who helped on that, I thought. I, I don't know, but it definitely felt like you had three worlds colliding and none of them knew how to communicate with one another. Like they were, they were all speaking different languages and it just didn't work well. I still enjoyed the movie somewhat. You know, I, it would be, I watched it knowing that I'm probably watching an incomplete movie. That's, that's what I went into it going because I, I, I'm a huge DC person and I kept up with it. The CGI was absolutely poor, which I don't know if you noticed, but they showed you really good CGI in the trailer, like right off the bat, whether, whether it comes with um, you seeing Darkseid or even uh, uh, Beowulf when you see him. They made sure that you saw like the scales of each part of him show, which I think is, you know, that is, and we always have a tendency, like you said, to compare DC or CGI in general to the Marvel movies. And the thing about the Marvel movies, for me at at least is, you know, when Iron Man came out, I would accept that comparison because I felt like it was realistic. It had a style to it. You know, the Iron Man suit is freaking phenomenal. Um, But then now you have, like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and things like that, where the CGI is just like bright, shiny, fun colors. There's no, even Thor for me, I, I, I enjoyed the CGI and like, you know, some of the practical effects in uh, Thor Dark World. And so for me and people like, when they describe Marvel now CGI, it all has to be bright, shiny and almost warm and fuzzy. That's, that's like, I, I, that's just like kind of like the, 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 the go-to Thor Ragnarok, all I bright colors. Bright, shiny and the Black Order weren't br- uh, bright, shiny either. The Black, which one? Black Order, like the whole Black Order. Yeah, well, well, really well, for me, I felt like shiny. that was because the um, 
the the last two movies, they, they, the point was that it's a darker, grittier. Like they were they were making a direction. But I felt like aside from those, everything for me tends to tends to reach this point of like comedy and like the design color schemes of Guardians of the Galaxy. Like that's like the the beat. Like Ant Man, same thing. Like I just don't. For, so that's 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 what I mean by like I understand what you're talking about when you're talking about the Dark Order and talking about like that they made Thanos like darker. But I mean that was the theme of the two movies was you know literally like. We lost everything. And those are the ones that I would say are the exceptions. But those are what, two movies out of how many? 22, whatever it is. Yeah. 20, yeah, things like 22 or something. Yeah, and, I, and I, I felt like, you know, it's progressively gotten brighter and now it's staying kind of in that, that zone of, of this brightness and that, that expectation that every movie has to have that, that like bright, colorful scheme or palette. For me, it, it just doesn't work. I don't enjoy it personally. And I felt like DC was trying to go darker, but because they had the the misstep of so many so many cooks in the kitchen, it just didn't work out well with Justice League. And then, um, like I said, I'm, I'm a I'm a huge Batman fan. I love Batman. I think that they did make Batman look like a little bitch and upset me to no extent. There's a scene where Wonder Woman's helping him out because he like broke a rib. And no, 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 no. Batman would not be like, hey, let me lift up my shirt, help me fix my rib. No, uh, uh-uh. uh. Especially after a little fight like that, like come on man like it just it was very disrespectful to the character's history um then you have the famous mustache with superman which just looked atrocious but you know people were pushing things forward because they're like oh we have to finish this we have to get this out and things like that um for me the snyder cut uh is going to be the real like verdict on dc like this is going to be you guys got to get it you guys got to get it now because you have the flash planned after this you have um wonder woman which is coming out as well um uh and you know Wonder Woman's great, but she can't survive on her own. Like you, can, I, she can as a film, but I'm saying like if they're trying to build this DC universe, you can't just have, oh, Wonder Woman '84 is going to be our our hit. And uh, the Snyder Cut though, the trailer definitely ticked me off because the music, Hallelujah, like, come on, it is the most cliche music choice ever. Also, they they did it for um, what else? He did it for uh, Watchmen. I think it was in a Watchmen trailer as well. I think a part of it was also used in the Watchmen series. Like it's used so often and I do sense a theme here, Snyder, um, you know, and I get it, you know, our prayers have been answered that, you know, the Snyder cut is in effect. I think that's kind of the cliche when they were doing this trailer, they were like, yeah, your prayers have been answered. We play hallelujah. Cause we bring you what you wanted. And uh, it was also weird that dark side was like, I was like, awesome dark side. And then I heard the music like, no, like the whole just silent and the music. And it just, and it didn't even be fit the rhythm of the trailer either. And that part was disappointing to me, but you know, if I'm, once I muted it, I was cool. I was like, I'll mute this. I like this. I like this now, but um, the sound was just, uh, the, the soundtrack horrible, horrible. So um, HBO max about four, four hours. They didn't confirm yet whether it's going to be an actual like full movie or they're going to break it up into parts like episodes. Have you heard anything about that? No. Okay. Okay. You know, since you already hyped up my boy, it's actually, you're working through this list quite well. I didn't even like show you the list. Um, the Batman. Uh, can, can I go first? Yeah, you can go first. You got great, it. Great, great. Um, you know, I, I love the environment, the actors. Uh, Commissioner Gordon's going to be fantastic. I saw him in Westworld. I forgot his name, but I, I, any, every time I see him in anything, he always delivers. Um, uh, oh, my goodness. The Penguin. Colin, Colin, Colin Fro. Like, I, what? It was, I couldn't recognize him. I, did you even know that was him? No. I, I had to replay it. And then I was like, wait a minute, wasn't he in the movie? And then I was like, it is him. And then I had to replay it. And like, just, I just took a screenshot. I just looked at it. I'm like, 
okay, this is our penguin. And I think that's going to be a lot of fun. I think the world they built was dark and gritty and really fits the whole Batman mode and obviously slightly influenced by uh, the Joker. It's, it's, that part's pretty clear. You know, you're trying to deal with this reality of like this sort of dark, gritty Gotham, this, this thriller aspect of it and trying to push uh, further than like the show Gotham, you know, was, was almost trying to do, but they couldn't do because they were on television and they were like, oh, we don't know to go. Um, and something that, you know, they didn't know they could necessarily do with superhero movies that great until, you know, Joker came out. Um, I like that aspect of it. However, I don't care how loud you turn up the hit sound effects when you have a skinny, scrawny Batman punching a person. I still can tell he's a skinny, scrawny Batman. He might be wearing a suit, but they just turned up the volume on every hit. And then he goes, I'm vengeance. And I'm like, okay, you can finish the phrase. Oh, you're not going to leave it alone. Okay, fine. But like, he, it, it's, he, does, he looks very, I, I feel like he's a little bit emo. Like I get that, that emo vibe from him, like that, that, that hair hanging in the front of his face. And I was like, why do we look like, like, maybe that's a flashback, you know, maybe that's what it is. But then I was like, so I was like, okay, I'll let that slide. But then the last shot, you see him take off his helmet. And yes, he should have the, the makeup on his eyes so that, you know, when you're wearing the suit, I don't, I, and I don't think any other Batman has actually shown that, you know, when you, when you're wearing, you have to wear some sort of makeup on the eyes. I get that. But the, the lighting and the hair still was a thing. And it was like a choice. It was like, no, we need to make sure his hair is in his way that he has this like very dark skinny silhouette. And it really goes, in my opinion, the opposite of what Batman is like, the, the vibes that that he's supposed to give off inside i could see that but outside he's supposed still supposed to be bruce wayne and that was kind of my conflict is that you know and i think they said this is year two batman i maybe would let it sl- slide if they said it was year one batman and i don't know if that makes a huge difference or if i'm just trying to, to 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 find an excuse for it but that's that's my gripe with it i'm still gonna watch it it's batman i love batman um his fight scenes better be as good as batman versus superman the warehouse fight scene that's what i expect from batman from now on this is part of the course for Batman. Part of the course. Christian Bale may have been the best Batman. I don't know. But I think one thing that we all can agree on is Batman villains always outshine Batman. I don't know what it is, but the villains just always kill in every single Batman. So I'm looking for Colin Farrell to kill at this point. I'm looking for, um, who's the Riddler? Um, Oh, it's the, uh, oh my goodness. I can't remember his name. I can bring it up. I can bring it up. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Oh, it's about to kill me. You keep going. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find the name. I'm going to find the name right um, now. But I'm, I'm looking for the villains to kill because they always do. I don't know what it is about the Batman movies, but I always gravitate more towards the villain than I ever do towards Batman. Uh, and like I said. Paul Dano. At, who? Paul, Paul Dano. Paul Dano. Oh, okay. Um. Batman, although within the source material is the ultimate badass within the the DC universe and everything that happens on the the live action side, for whatever reasons, the villains just just have the number when it comes to the movie side. So I'm um, looking forward to the villains to once again put on a stellar performance. For me, Robert Pattinson just has to ride the wave. You don't have to do, you, you just have to ride the wave in terms of this don't fuck it up. But you also, if you steal the show, great, but I don't think that you are. So for me, eh, it doesn't bother me one way or another because I've seen this with every Batman. I'm looking at the villains to make the show because that's what they do. Yeah. He's a fantastic actor. Robert Pattinson, like, I think oh, no, we're he's beyond, a, yeah, we're yeah, beyond he's the good, point of questioning his, his really ability. Good actor. 
Yeah. Well, yes, yes. But I'm saying like, I think that, you know, a lot of people when it first was announced, including myself, I had a huge gripe with it. I was like, mm, I don't, I mean, I kind of see it. If he bulks up, I could see it. He decided not to bulk up and made a point to point out that he's not going to bulk up because he doesn't believe in it. I don't understand that. But anyways, I don't, anyways, um, I saw him in the lighthouse and I don't know if you've seen the lighthouse, but you should see it. It's weird. You need to watch it. It's, it's, it's fantastic. Him and Willem Dafoe are, are, are just killing it the entire film. The film is a work of art, um, perfection. Um, you know, that kind of just sold me on him. He has a bunch of other movies he's done that great jobs with, but that's when the one that I saw that sold me at least. Um, but I also think the DC universe has some amazing, amazing villains. Like they have, and it's not not just in the cinematic universe, you know, that they're building and stuff like that. Not just, you know, the Nolan stuff. It It's in the comics. It's in, it's in the artwork, you know. All these characters are deeply rooted in uh, this psychological uh, attempt to understand, I feel like, you know, whether it's Mr. Free saving his wife, we're all trying to be like, oh, like we can relate to that. You know, he's trying to say someone like that's, that was the first time I think I saw a villain. I'm like, okay, I can, I can kind of understand a little bit. You also have dorky characters like the Condiment King, which is like, you know, the joke from back in the day. Um, but, you know, whether it's the Riddler, um, you know, and I felt like the Riddler was actually shown in Gotham um, when they did the show. I was like, oh, you gave me such depth and understanding of the Riddler that, you know, he was, he's, he's dealing with stuff too. Um, but, but I, hopefully you're right. Hopefully he can stand up to the villains because they, they cast, they cast a beast to play that and he just just looking at him i'm like you guys giving him a lot giving him a lot yeah um, like every batman movie they do cast <laughs> really really great actors to take on a role liam decent as Raish, uh Heath ledger uh who was um who was two-face two-face was uh oh uh he's a good uh, he normally doesn't play villains um, of course, you asked me the ones that I definitely don't know off the top of my head, Tom but I recognize Hardy the face. Bane, uh, you know, so Anne Hathaway did all right as Catwoman too. You, you better respect Anne Hathaway's cat. You know, okay, so he's chuckling right now, everybody. Just so everyone knows, I love Anne Hathaway. I it's I am a huge fan of Anne Hathaway. I also have a crush on Anne Hathaway. Um, she's the best Catwoman on the face of the earth. Point period blank. Um, and I am extremely biased. Uh, <laughs> Got jokes. I see you. I see you. Aaron Eckert is the name of actually Two-Face. Got it. All right. So moving on. Suicide Squad. Tom Guns. James Guns. I said Tom Guns. James Guns. Suicide James Squad. Gun. So I am both excited and hesitant. And I'm going to let you start this one off. <laughs> well, it's funny because you and your Oh, too bright, too bright. And then they bring in one of the top two most brightest, but only Taika or uh, Taika Waititi. I, I just butchered his name, didn't I? It's God Taika Waititi. Okay. I, I butchered it, but it, I didn't butcher as bad as I thought. And only other bright person that I know of besides James Gunn. But it'll be fun. Um, it's going to be everything you hate. It's going to be everything you hate. I, I know that already. But it's going to be, you know, very comedic but at the same time it's gonna be raw so uh there will be that as they don't mind kind of uh stepping into that boundary uh marvel a lot of times won't step into like they'll do it in a weird way like people will get killed but it'll be very afterthought if you will 
Uh, so I, I look for this to be killing as a forethought and, uh, and, but at the same time, making light of it. So it'll be, you know, the killing will be the forethought, but the afterthought will be the joke, the punchline that comes with it to kind of make you feel not as bad as someone just getting like torn to pieces. Yeah. The Marvel movies more so it'll be, you know, them softening it up and then showing the kill, but then like in putting a little bit more softness after that. So I just look for this to just be a little bit more raw with the cast that they have. Uh, All-star cast. Well, let's, let's we'll talk. See. About we'll see if uh, this, a lot of times we'll see a lot of these casts like this and we say like, oh, this person with this person and this person with this person. And then you'll kind of see later on, like, not that the first Suicide Squad was bad, but then you'll hear stories like Will Smith was like, yo, I fucking hated working with Jared Leto. I couldn't stand it. And it was weird because it's like, I didn't know if he was serious or if like, I think they were serious. All just hyping up the movie. I think they were serious. Yeah, I, I, I kind of had the feeling that he he's genuinely did not working with Jared Leto. But ultimately, like, you know, when you have all these egos come into a room, it's sink or swim. Most times, you know, it, it's very, very, very colorful past if you look at a lot of movies that have, like, all-star cast. Sometimes it works out really well. Sometimes it doesn't. In this case, hopefully James Gunn is able to corral all these egos into – hey, let's just make a kick-ass movie and the rest be the rest. But we'll see. But it's going to be everything you hate. <laughs> uh, and what he's referring to, everyone, is I, I, I pointed that out earlier when I was talking about comparing you know, Marvel stuff and bright and colorful and all that stuff, is Guardians of the Galaxy uh, I enjoyed, um, but that was the beginning of the end for me with Marvel, like Marvel, my, my tight relationship with Marvel for the most part. Not to cut you off. Go ahead. But also, the first, the soundtrack by itself is also a reason why it's going to be everything you hate. Well, no. The, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Because Guardian soundtracks kind of were a, a big point as to why it was so bright, so exactly. colorful, so yep. upbeat. Yep. Suicide Squad's first soundtrack was very good. It was. It was I better than the movie. Uh, <laughs> it was better than the movie. It wasn't. I want to say the soundtrack was it rode this line of not being like super upbeat and happy, but at the same time, it wasn't like a depressive. It was like this weird middle middle zone. But if the soundtrack is anything like the first soundtrack, it has a chance to also be the reason why you hate it. If the soundtrack is upbeat, yep. If the soundtrack is like the same as the first soundtrack, then that that'd make it better for you. I'll get so so for me I can I James Gunn has a very he's he he's talented he knows how to deliver the jokes the punchlines comedic timing for for all of his actors that he uses and for the world that he builds um and so I look forward to seeing how he utilizes a lot of these characters and some characters that like a lot of people don't remember from the DC universe. They're kind of like, Hey, these are the joke characters. I mentioned Condiment King earlier. He's not in this one. I think it's a polka dot man, something like that. Um, you know, you utilizing these characters fully to the jokes that they they're, they're really joke characters. Some of them. My only hope is that it will be reach a level of vulgarity that I need it to be for it to be different. I believe that he does want to do that because he does say he's, he's going to have fun blowing up things and just doing stuff. And from the characters he chose or that they, they, they're putting in this movie, um, I think he has a great opportunity to really just like go buck wild. Like just, just, just come on, like bring me some just vulgar, violent, enjoyable humor with this story, with all of these characters. And please don't just bank on 
the easy jokes and the dope names in your cast. And we're talking about cast real quick. I'm just going to, I'm going to blurb some of these because there's the cast is ridiculous. You've seen the cast, like the entire cast. Yeah. 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 So we got Pete Davidson, Margot Robbie, John Cena, Idris Elba, Nathan Fillion, Alice Braga, Taika Waititi, Taika Waititi, um, uh, Michael Rook, Rooker, Rooker. I don't know if I say that right. Storm Reed, Joe Kinnaman, Peter Capaldi, which he's actually from Doctor Who. I don't know if anyone knows that, but Peter Capaldi is awesome. Uh, Jai Courtney, which he's coming back as Captain Boomerang. Honestly, I'm impressed for all the, the cast from Suicide Squad 1. They're like, hey, I'm going to come back from the second one because a lot of them got a lot of slack for Suicide Squad. Like a lot of them. And it wasn't any of their faults. It really wasn't. Like the, the story at the end was definitely like the issue. But um, Flula Borg, Viola Davis. Yes, I love me some Viola Davis. Sean Gunn. Uh, uh, David uh, Dutchmalchian, which uh, he's the polka dot man. I think that's the one you mentioned that you, you didn't know he would be in this. Um, he's a funny, he, he only plays like a creepy guy and a lot of stuff. And um, what, what movies does he have? I think he has, he has a couple different ones. He was in Ant-Man, Dark Knight. Yeah, he's in a couple. He's around there. Um, so it's a huge John cast. Cena? John Cena's in there. Did you say, oh, I didn't hear you say it. I could have sworn. I said him really fast just because it's a lot. Okay. <laughs> he's waving his hand in front of his face. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, I, yeah, John Cena in there. I mean, John Cena, I love his comedic timing. That one movie he did where, like, they, they went there, was it college? It's like, he, he did Beer Chug or whatever, the keg in his butt. Did you see that one? Nah. He did it. It was funny. It was like, uh, Cock Blockers. Oh, well, It was that yeah. one. Oh, my God. It was, it was funny, but you have to have, like, you got to drink some beers and, like, get a little wasted while you watch it. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens with that. I, I'm, I'm going to kind of look forward to it. Um, all right, I'm not going to take much time for this one. All right, this last one, this last trailer, I just want to I just want to get it in, get it out. I'm only doing it cuz it's just it has to be discussed briefly at the very least. Um Black Adam. I, uh I, you know, I want to go first, please. I just 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 want the audience to understand. I do not care about Black Adam right now. And you releasing a Mortal Kombat ending type <laughs> visual and the voice of Dwayne the Rock Johnson standing in a shadow will not sell me on this movie. It does not excite me. It does not thrill me. It doesn't get me anything. It gets me, as Keith said earlier, soft. Soft. My Audi became an innie watching this. And I was like, why are you wasting my time? Part of my life that I cannot get back on this stupid trailer. I love Dwayne the Rock Johnson. He's a cool guy. Very charismatic. You know, in everything he does. I think he's going to put his heart into it. And I think it might end up being cool. But come, don't waste my time just to boost your ego. Like, just all you could have said was Black Adam coming, a work in progress. Uh, You know, whatever you want to say. I didn't need the whole narration and that old bull crap. It was just a waste of time. (sighs) All right, Keith, what were we going to say? So you taken my soft comment and turned it into a a (laughs) one-up. Very well. (laughs) I will attempt to outdo that at a later date. But yeah, for those who don't know, Black Adam source material is is some of the best Marvel or excuse me, DC villainry. It's some of the best. So this is just this is just piss poor, if you ask me. Um, as a parallel, like Doctor Doom on the other side, like I, I feel like Doctor Doom, you can argue is the best Marvel villain, if we're talking source material and stuff like that. But that's a whole other conversation. Source material for Black Adam is rich. And for them not to be able to just, to have something better than that, 
um, is, is really piss poor. I know with COVID things, you know, every time you turn around, you see the rock in something. So maybe timelines didn't match up or something like that. But like Asbury said, like, don't even show it at that point. Like there's no point in to just tell me it exists for that, you know, especially with the, with the villain of that caliber, like this could be like, uh, did, did uh Joker Joker got an Oscar right or did has that not happened yet or did did that happen? I thought he won something already. Okay, he he he, he might have won an Emmy or something like that. But Black Adam's source material is of the caliber that I think Dwayne the Rock Johnson could get an Oscar or Emmy for it. But charisma and all that shit has to pretty much go out the window. Like basically. For the Black Adam story, he he's gonna have to act his ass off, and hopefully the script will allow for that and not be Fast and Furious shit. Can I can I interrupt? Uh, twenty twenty uh, Academy Award for Best Actor in Leading Role, uh, Golden Globe Award for Best Actor in Motion Picture, uh, Academy Award for Best Music Score. It it's it's got a lot. It's it's got a lot. Actor so, Award for Outside. Yeah, it's got a lot. As we see, I'm already counting like fifteen twenty. Yeah, so I, Black Adam can be that, but it needs to have much better effort put behind it than this. No Fast and the Furious stuff. Like, just tell that horrible fucking story that is Black Adam. Especially in a time like now, I, that story will hit, but they can't be afraid to tell it. I can shake that stink off me. Um... <laughs> All right, so I'm going to do a quick speed round, then we're going to jump into some Netflix news, all right? Speed round is, I'm going to list a, I'm just going to say one of the trailers we just discussed. Um, you're going to say just a number, one through five, real quick, and that's it, all right? So, uh, Wonder Woman 84. Four. Justice League Snyder Cut. <laughs> Zero. All right, everyone. Keith is now leaving the podcast for the day. <laughs> uh, all right, so The Batman. Three. Suicide Squad. Two. Three and a half. Adam Black. Yeah, I said it backwards because I don't care. Zero. Okay, all right. All right, hold on, change that. Black Adam is a zero. Justice League will get a one. I Yes! <laughs> you get <laughs> first here, everybody. He gives Justice League a little bit of credit. Um, you know, I spoke to him the other day, and he gave it a negative number. So this is, you know, baby steps, people, baby steps. Um, we will convert him. All right, so Netflix news. So recorded in every entertainment magazine pretty much. Uh, you know, Netflix, you know, they've, they've, cut, they've cut something from their you know show roster they said hey we're done with this show we have learned a valuable lesson i think that was actually one of the most expensive shows that they produced up until what the witcher came out i thought that was it's like number one it's like in the top five it's got to be up there i'm not sure with the first season it was like one of the most expensive shows they've created but um so altered carbon season three canceled baby Ooh, now look i i i love and i understand a lot of people have to work on shows and they have to really get you know, it, those are lots of jobs lost. And that part saddens me. But the entertainment part of me who wants to watch a show or also wants to be respected when you try to put me onto a show, uh, I don't really feel that bad because Alter Carbon Season 2 was garbage. Uh, season 1, I absolutely loved. Uh, you know, I'm going to take, take, I'm, I'm let you talk a little bit, Keith, and then you come back to me. But go ahead. How do you feel about that cancellation, sir? Um, well, I just had to look at something because Sensei, did it get a season three? Was it only two? It's it, it was like I look, think it was worst two. shows have gotten gotten more. It was worst like, <laughs> shows have gotten more. 
Alta Carbon deserves one more chance. Baby, baby, give me one more chance. Baby, baby, give me one more chance. That's what Alta Carbon <laughs> deserves. One more. Just one more again, okay? All right? Shoot. Now, listen. The first go-around, it was good. It was perfect. We got a call back, and uh, Alta Carbon season one, it was good. We had a good time in season two. As much as it pains me to say, maybe Anthony Mackie didn't massage the right spots that needed to be massaged, so... We didn't get the happy ending we wanted. But we should have got one more time. That was a stretch. Listen, Poe, Poe by himself. Y'all going to take Poe from me? Poe? You're taking Poe from me. Who are you? Who? I love Poe. Man, Poe carried that second season for me personally. He was awesome. This saddens me quite deeply just off of Poe alone. Off of Poe by itself. I agree with you on Poe. I I wholeheartedly agree with you on Poe. Poe, the the actor played, I don't even know the actor's name, but I just know him as Poe because that man owned that role. Every time he was on camera, he stole the show. And he deserved to just, to to keep doing it. He just, he, he, he earned, you know, more seasons alone. Um, And Anthony Mackie, you know, I think he just worked with what he had. I think I I told you this when we discussed it before, is that, I don't blame – okay, I blame Anthony Mackie a little bit. I don't feel like he tried to meet the other iterations of himself that are in the show. Um, and I think that he was the one who was like, I'm just going to you know, do my own work process and just do my thing, and it didn't work. It's like, bro, like at least the other two versions had some similarities. Like the actors made choices that like worked. He was the only one I was like, you don't fit – this i think it was what's joel kinnaman i think that's his name he uh his like when the first one you know he was bringing you this dark broody like he was he was killing it um and he was very similar to the to the other version of himself when they when they met meet up and they have these moments and it, it fit um whether the, whether it be the flashbacks or now and i also felt like they gave you this really cool concept that like okay his new body can have these guns get pulled to him, right? And everyone's like, yeah, how are you gonna use that? How are you gonna use that? You're gonna be like, fights is gonna come in your hand and do this and that. Uh, no, it, it, it's like you put your hand out and you're gonna wait a few minutes and eventually your gun's gonna get in your hand. And then that's when shit goes, nope, it goes nowhere. Cause it takes like um, three minutes for it to come to your hand. That's how you choose to use it? Like, it's not even like a real like, whoosh. and that's, that was actually one of the trailers from Memory Crayola teasers where like you see him do that, he goes up like this and his guns come to his hand. The one scene where they had the opportunity to like show it, I think it was like when they were like investigating like some shooting, I have the guns come to their hand at one point in time. It just, it was bad. It was just bad. But I think at some point we will try to discuss or tackle how much blame do we place on an actor for the script or what they have to work with basically how much blame gets put you know how much how much of it goes on anthony mackie that this show is getting canceled that's a whole deep dive that i think should get its own you know just due diligence for us to like kind of like really look at but that's kind of where i'm at with with this i kind of don't feel that he did such a bad job to get this show canceled but I know a lot of people had issues with with him as Takeshi Kovach and also issues with, like you said, introducing the, oh, guns come to my hands. Oh, we gene splice with fucking lichen. And that never really coming to show any type of fruit whatsoever. You didn't have like an enhanced tracking or 
anything that was worth so like why I mention it to that end I'm like well some of the misses I can't necessarily put on him because it just seems like it was added into the script but it was an afterthought or whatever happened with it happened I don't know but at the end of the day deeply saddens me the second season was flawed but hopefully we get a third somehow, somewhere. I don't know. Joe Kimmon, you uh, and, and, that, and that anime thing didn't didn't help help issues anymore. Oh God, that was um, such a waste. That, that anime thing really probably hurt more than helped. I but, watched ten minutes of it. I was like, I'm not doing this. Yeah, I, I don't know who ordered it, but yeah, that didn't do it any favors. I do want to throw one more thing in. Um, well, two things. First off, Joel Kinnaman, thank you so much for doing Alter Carbon Season 1. You did a great job. That season was fantastic. You all he did the do tired, a great job. The whole, that, one was, that one was, <laughs> honestly, that season alone, in my opinion, I would almost say it's perfect. Um, I don't really, you know. It was great. Yeah. Um, so that's great. the first thing. And the second thing, actually, the question, quick question I have with you is that, do you think The Witcher has anything to do with the cancellation of Alter Carbon Season 3? Um, possibly we we... I'm not certain, you know, how many people actually look into it, but I've always seen things that say, you know, Netflix has to shell out a ton of money because they don't own any studios. So they're oftentimes paying to, you know, rent space out to film these things, which drives costs up drastically. If you already have your kind of base cost and which why when we look at, you know, Disney Marvel and why they're able to make such a profit well it's because they own their studios and they're they could do everything in-house they're not paying anyone to do anything with the property that they own it's why you see Tyler Perry making such a profit he owns all that land in Atlanta and they shoot out there Mm -hmm. he's not paying anyone for any of this so Netflix at some point maybe I don't know will have the gumption to make Netflix studios that will kind of bring that cost down, which probably will keep certain shows alive. I'm not saying that, you know, I would like have liked to seen Alter Carbon season three. And the other thing with all that is we don't really necessarily get to see the, the final numbers in terms of how much you were able to bring in. So ultimately maybe it just didn't hit the mark that Netflix needed for them to hit, but Possibly when you say, hey, I have Witcher, which I need to spend X amount of money on because they're probably filming in God knows what remote islands to, you know, capture that type of scenery versus Alter Carbon to where it's CGI heavy and a lot of things that we need done with this, but it's not hitting the numbers where Witcher has hit those Mm -hmm. numbers ridiculously. Out the park. So much so that you know, the books are going through the roofs. Like a lot of Witcher things are going through the roof right now. So it's only imaginable or that if they were forced to choose between the two, they're going to choose Witcher and Henry Cavill's fucking crazy ass jawline. (laughs) That's just crazy. (laughs) I'm just saying. I'm trying to do this. Mm. (laughs) Um, All right. So, uh, you know, (laughs) Keith, I just want to say thank you so much for joining me on my first podcast episode. Thank you so much for a lot of the knowledge that you shared, for your opinions you shared, and for the discussions. Uh, Keith, this is your chance. This is your chance to shine, for you to tell us what's going on with you, what you have going on with uh, Almost in Full Color, anything you'd like to tell the audience. Please, plug, plug, plug away. Batman is the worst 
best hero of all time. He is the worst best hero of all time. Only he has that title. It's ridiculous. No, nah, but if you guys want to see anything about Cyberpunk or Marvel's Avengers, <laughs> which is coming out soon, oh. there will be videos about that on the channel upcoming. Stay tuned. My copy is in the mail as we speak, and it should be here by Monday. So we'll have a review up for that. You can check out his YouTube channel, Almost in Full Color. Almost in Full Color is a collective of game reviews, feedback, streaming, and such. And you can go ahead and follow them at almost in full color on YouTube. Be sure to check that out. Like he said, he has Avengers coming soon. He also has Cyberpunk coming soon as well. Check it out. Thanks so much for coming. Thank you so much. Once again, you've been listening to That One Guy Podcast. See you next time. Smash that notification button. Hit that like, follow, subscribe. Thanks. Thank you.